The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. And we'd like to take this time out to say Happy New Year and welcome back to everybody who's here. With you today, of course, is your truly, B. Cox, and with me I have the crew comprised of these fine gentlemen here in front of me. To my right, we have my boy, D.T. Dave, host of the Ground Rule Double Podcast, Mondays and Fridays on Facebook Live. You can catch him on those evenings right around 8 o'clock. Make sure that you're following it on Facebook and also following him on Twitter. That's at DT. Is that A2Pod, Dave? That's IG. Okay. Yeah, follow him on IG. Then also GRD Podcast on Twitter as well. And uh, DETSR617 on Twitter. There you go. There you go. He's on there with his takes all the time. Make sure you're checking out and following that. To my left, of course, we have my boy, J.O., my boy Jason here, he is, of course, connoisseur of everything hip-hop, East Coast, West Coast, and everything in between. And we're down a man today. Our boy Damo is not here. Damo, of course, is the host of the Raw Sex Podcast. New episodes every Wednesday. Make sure you check that out. You can get him at buddy underscore love on 31 on Instagram. And then also you can get him on Raw Sex Podcast on IG. And then also you can get him on Twitter at Raw Sex Podcast 1. So we're down one, but we're going to keep it going on. Gentlemen, just want to take the time to say Happy New Year and welcome back. So glad to be here for 2020. And we are now as the vault. You know, we cover things, classics from 2025 and 30 years out. So that means this year we're going to be covering albums from the year 1990, 1995, and the year 2000. The year 2000. The year 2000. So, So it's crazy that we're looking here and 30 years back was 1990. 95, a time that I can remember very vividly when I really started getting into hip hop. And then, of course, the year 2000, my formative years and right before I headed off to college. So a lot of memorable content that we're going to be covering. So we're going to be starting the very first one. And this is, of course, a project from 1995. We go back to 1995 to Bucktown and the hip hop duo Smith and Wesson, their studio debut album, The Shining on the famous Duck Down Records. Members Tech and Steel of Smith and Wesson, part of the Duck Down crew, and also members of the Boot Camp Click, as well as with Black Moon, made up of 
Evil D, Five Foot, and Buckshot. Also, members Helter Skelter, Rock, and also the late, great Rock Sean P., who's been gone almost four years now, and the original Gun Clappers OGC. A really, really great click that came out as a result of these, uh, these groups from Brooklyn to come together. And this is just in the midst of The Shining coming out after Black Moon's classic 1993 debut, Enter the Stage, came out. And this was the second project to come out on Duck Down after that. Of course, coming out in 1995, released January 10th, 1995, recorded between 93 and 94 at the now defunct and gone famous D&D Studios in New York City. <laughs> it's amazing that that's now gone, but it's so many classic projects were recorded there and so many hip hop artists recorded there that I can't even go through to count through all the people who have been there at D&D Studios. Running time of 67 minutes and 35 seconds with the Beat Miners were the producers on this track. They produced um, all the tracks between Evil D, Mr. Walt, Rich Black, Baby Paul. Steel also did some production on this as well. So they handled all the production work on this. The label was Rack Labels and Nervous, which, of course, handled most of the, the, the Duck Down crew. And the album cover, as many as you know, that showed most of the duck of the boot camp click, along with Tuck and Steel featured on that took his inspiration from Roy Ayer's Ubiquity's 1972 album, He's Coming. In 1998, the album was selected as one of the source's 100 best rap albums and has gone on to sell 300,000 copies, and including the very famous single, Bucktown. As an independent click, very impressive for you to be able to do something like that, especially the fact that they were relatively unknown in mainstream hip-hop and underground. They were very, very big. So this is pretty much where we'll start out. Three singles on this, the Bucktown with a B-side of Let's Get It On, one time with a B-side of Stand Strong, and recognize what it sound with a B-side of Soundboy Burial. Tech and Steel, Smith and Wesson's The Shine in 1995. I was looking actually online the other day and saw that they had a 25-year 20, anniversary show in New York with Tech and Steel that most of the boot camp clip that showed up, including most of Black Moon, including rock, including OGC members were all there. It was a really, really good time. There was video of it on Twitter. So amazing. That has been 25 years since then. So we're going to go ahead and get into the album to see what you all thought. And we review this album after it's been 25 years, guys. So we'll go ahead and get into it. And I'll, um, I'll go ahead and I'll actually start with you, Jay, just your reaction of listening to it this week and what you thought about after listening to it these 25 years and what you remember of it, I guess, Overall of, of Smith and Wesson when they first came out as they progressed and now listening to it after you heard their debut album after all this time. Yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that was what, ni- early 1995. I was in the eighth grade, so yeah, still in junior high school. And I was just, I, it just it just hit as far as like on my radar, as far as just like how thorough it was, just the bangers on it, especially like back then. One time was like my anthem. Like I just like kept it on repeat everywhere I went, like, as crazy as it sounds, I I look forward to like having like travel the city like off the late night because that jam- like the track just I just felt weird listening to it in the daytime. Put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it was kind of crazy because I actually remember that song getting played on the radio back then. Yeah, like ten o'clock in the morning sometimes. Like if I if I it was a day off of school or something like that, or I was running late or whatever like that, and like wow, y'all really playing this in your playlist right now? Like thank you, blessings. Like you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Um, but listening to it now, I mean, I still feel it holds up. I mean, it's that classic New York boom bap sound of the ni- like mid nineties, 
kind of it kind of has me kind of like giving a side eye at the source because it was kind of a sign of what was to come. The fact that my album only got like three mics, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's it. Like, what the hell was your what were you what were it, you thinking? Like, <laughs> clearly, clearly, uh, the folks at the source didn't didn't know what the hell they was talking about. Most of them, anyway. Right. I mean, I don't talk about higher up, like yeah. Benzino and all them other guys. Uh, and that's my next thing. Like, I don't know yeah. if this was before Benzino's. I like, think it was a little bit before his time. I think the guys. I don't know if Dave Dave Mays Dave was, Mays, was yeah. still okay. involved with running the source, but to me, I, I think because they weren't as major as some of the other acts that were out there. Duck Down as a crew, Boot Camp Click as a crew. Mm-hmm. Enter the Stage was a huge hit Classic. because, because right. you know, Evil D and Five Foot made their rounds. The Beat Miners have made their rounds around the New York City underground for a while. Right. And you can't deny Buck t- uh, Buckshot's talent Definitely. as an MC, you know, and as a leader, really, of the Click. I remember a lot of these things being played uh, on 1580. Remember 1580 yeah, and, remember and, and also and also being right. made, played on Rap Attack as well. Mm. I remember hearing Buck, uh, one time in Bucktown being played on there as well. So I think The Source, and they do some retrospective reviews. We see what The Source did. Some albums that they gave only four and a half and five mics, they ended up giving them five, five mics, mics afterwards they, when they realized how much they missed after after they reviewed it the first time. They cleaned, they cleaned their act up, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah, they probably by force. Because a lot of people are like, yo, uh, you didn't give this album four, five mics? Like, what's yeah. up with y'all? You know what I'm saying? Like, at that point, I would just it would just be my opinion if I was around just to go up there and maybe persuade them to maybe give that another listen. I mean, you up there in New York, you maybe can call a few goons or something like that. And like, <laughs> I, 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 and maybe uh, try to really get the point across as far as like the fire that was on this album. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, take something from Sugar Knight's book, put it like that, and right. maybe yeah. like get your point across to get them the rate, the rating they deserve. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, I mean, just going back and listen to it, I mean, I, just, I still love it today just as much as I did back then. Yeah. I just wish I had a time machine, honestly. Indeed. Mm. Oh, Lord. And, and, and you know the thing about that, it's funny you mention that because I was working in the Radio 1 building when I was working at XM 169 The Power when it was down on Prince's Garden Parkway in the same building that WKYS oh, and okay. WL was in. Boot Camp Click actually stopped through to talk to uh, who was it? Who was a uh, piece to um, Step Lover? Step Lover. Step Lover. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and oh, uh, God, I know yeah, I, I know you saw. I can't. Get a, I know the live squad. Yeah, yeah, live so, squad. Yeah. So they, but when they went through the stop to them, this is like 2007. This is when Smith and Wesson had just come back, and Smith and Wesson they were doing their third album, the um, Reloaded, and they all came through. Of course, in the front is Bucktown. He like five foot. I mean, not Bucktown. It's Buckshot. He like five foot three. Right. He walking through looking angry as I don't know what, which fits all the narratives of everything I've read about him backstage. You know what I'm saying? He's a very short dude, but about his business, not about no nonsense. And I remember them all kind of walking through. Of course, you they come through, and all you just smell is nothing but straight fire. Just that, yes, indeed. You know what I'm saying? They just got off the tour bus. Probably just got finished putting a few up in the air before they go into into the studio. Mm-hmm. And through there, coming through was Tech and Steel. And I'm sitting there in the studio. I mean, I'm sitting there in the hallway, and I see the man. And I was like, Yo, yo, what up, y'all? What up, y'all? So I seen them. I was like, I went ahead and said something to Tech and Steel. The song from Reloaded was Gun Rap. So I was like, Smith yeah. & Wesson is gum rap. They was like, all right, all right, I hear you, son. Appreciate that, appreciate that. They were all, like, really cool dudes, man. I wish I could have got them in a, into our studio for us to, you know, to interview them. But as a click, I kind of look at that, you know, it said, take a, take a, 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 um, a page from, from Shug's uh, notebook. 
I just don't know if I can see Buckshot. He could probably get some goons to do it for him. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. Suge, part of Suge's intimidation that he was a big dude. You right. know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Right. You know, and Buckshot, he looked like he's an intimidating dude, but he like this big, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, that's definitely, I wish I had the time machine to get back then. I've always been intrigued by them, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Dave, your, your reaction and listening to it, and just as time has passed, what you known about Smith & Wesson and listening to it now? Well, I knew Smith & Wesson had a grimy background. Just like we talk about Mob Deep mm-hmm. back in the days. Like, they were grimy, you know, the grimy, mm-hmm. gritty rap. This is the first time I've heard the album. Like I said, like, I'm closeted child. I love my mama, but, you know, she closeted me. You know, I didn't really listen to a lot of street stuff. Like, I listened to a lot of Pac because he was on the radio. But, like, when it came to Smith & Wesson, I didn't really know anything about them or the boot camp clip. Didn't know anything about them. I knew about Into the Stage, though. I knew about Black Moon. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to the, the affiliates of, you know, the boot camp click, I didn't really know too much about them. So I had, I listened to this album this morning, and it took me back. <laughs> Classic, boom bap, 95, mid-90s rap. And it, like I said, it took me, took me back, uh, that, that recognized joint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, something uh, else. Yeah, I love Recognize, bro. Like, Recognize was dope. Bucktown was dope. And uh, Session at the Dogley. Yeah. yeah, the whole boot camp yeah. came out for that joint. So, exactly, yeah. and I was going to say, like, to that point, as far as just like even their introduction. I, mean, I know we were reviewing the Shining, but I have, yes. to back to, I have to reach back to Into the Stage. Like, there was a track called "A Blacksmith from West," and like mm-hmm. the way that yeah. came on, any man test on the clean for me, gun. Like, just you just knew something was on the horizon as far as these two dudes just coming in. Like, even though it was like two years later, it came out, but just that introduction, I just really felt did them justice. Mm-hmm. And something that B said. In one of our earlier recordings, he said, you know, the first song is very important mm-hmm. to keep your attention. Yeah. Tim's and Hoodcheck, that joint just got my attention. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Now it's like 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm listening to the album. I'm like, oh, what a way to wake up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, like, I'm just listening to it. And I'm just like, I really enjoyed what I was listening to. Yeah. It just took me way back. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about the boot camp click is this. And you mentioned Tupac. They were one of the artists, you know, Tupac had this thing after he had been put out by Bill with Suge and joined Death Row. Because he was in, I argue about people about this the whole time, you know, Tupac repped the West Coast, but he spent the majority of his time on the East Coast. He's a New York native, yeah, right, you know, yes. when he spent a lot of his time, uh, you know, influenced by a lot of different things. He reached out to a lot of the guys, the outlaws and stuff. They all from New York and Jersey. Right. When uh, he, even when he moved back. Naughty. Out, yeah. Naughty. Treach is his yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Even when he went moved out to Oakland with Digital Underground, he had a very close relationship with the boot camp clip with Buckshot, with Tech and Steel. You know, with OGC, with Helter Skelter, guys mm-hmm. like Greg Nice, you know, he had a very good relationship with a lot of them. And when he was talking Gangstar about trying too. to, yeah, Gangstar, when he was talking about trying to form Death Row East, the main people that he had in plan to join Death Row East to be able to get them from out underneath where they were to get the major exposure was Boot Camp Click, specifically these acts. And he spoke with a lot of people that you talk to, Pac's friends nowadays will tell you about how close he was with Buckshot, how close he was with Tech and Steel and the rest of the other, the boot camp click. This album takes me back. One thing that it reminds me, I was talking to Jay about this before we just started recording, that I remember is how many of these things, and being from D.C., you know this, there's a lot of things on here that if you listen to Go-Go in the 90s, you know where a lot of these different hooks and these, mm-hmm. and these covers came from. Yep. It came from a lot, they took a lot, matter of fact, there were a lot of things that Go-Go bands took from boot camp click over us, uh, overall. 
But you hear songs like Recognize. You hear songs like Bucktown. Right. You hear stuff that bands like Backyard Band and Junkyard Band, they took things from this and implemented them into their record. And when you hear those hooks again right. and you hear those lines, and I could just hear Low saying things, those things from Bucktown, you know, on You Make the Call. And J.Y. on Recognize and being able to hear those t- those different type of hooks and being like, damn, man, like, yo, these go-go bands was really just like they weren't commercial, but it was influential with different musicians mm-hmm. back in those days. And especially in go-go, for any go-go head, you listen to this album, you're like, oh, damn, man, this is where the hell Backyard got this from or this is where Junkyard got this from. Yes, they actually got this from them. And not in the instance with Jay-Z where he took something from Rare Essence. Right. This actually happened. The majority right. of the time, the Google bands were getting things from hip-hop and R&B records. And that's what sticks out to me is the fact that Google bands recognized this and decided to put it in because it was so hard. Because that's back then when Gogo was still grimy. And that's when Gogo was starting mm-hmm. to really get into, into his grime phase where you saw Gogo and hip-hop sort of start to mirror each other in right. a lot of different ways. Especially that backyard track. Hobart, nigga. Yeah, Hobart, nigga. Home of the original gun claps. That Hobart, nigga. Hobart, nigga. <laughs> I got so psyched when yeah. I heard that part of the song, bro. I was like, like that shit was like almost like our version of Crunk or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Like back then, like, especially like the way, like, I'm saying, like, the um, backyard track. Like, dun Like, that little, uh, that little flute. Yeah, that little flute. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. There's a tape, 4695 from Backyard. To and that's another thing we do, people. We, we, can, we can quote the, we yeah. can quote the dates. The dates. Yeah. Yeah. Quote there's the a, dates. There's a tape. And you know, any go go ahead, they will quote tape dates to you. Like go right down else. to Forestville Mall. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and P- go right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Capitol Plaza Capital and then even PG Plaza mm-hmm. when PA, PA Palace. Palace was still open. Yeah. So, PA Palace. So. There's a tape, 4695, when they did You Make the Call, and they opened up with that line from Bucktown, where Los, you know, started rapping, and then they opened up with that home of the original gun clap, the whole bar, nigga, and that, and that was 4695 at the Met, one of the first shows they had actually started, where the, the tapes that I'd heard from the Met, and the sound was so clear. And I was just like, damn, I remember even being back then, like, yo, I remember that being from Tech and Steel, man, from, 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 uh, from the Shining, so... Thing I like about this, and I love the work that the beat miners did. They don't get enough credit for a lot of the things never, that they've they done really, here. They really never. don't. Mm, but this don't. was really grimy and gritty, and it fit the style of Tech and Steel like nobody other man. I like the way that the boot camp clip came together to do, sort of to do things. Especially you said, get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code Program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code Program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. In session, um, everybody from the boot camp clip came through to do something like this. Buckshot's on a couple of tracks. You also see Top Dog, Starang Wonder, a lot of different other, like so many different people on here. And it was a good debut. And it's sort of, if you look at that session, that time period between 93 to like 98, 99, 
Duck Down was really in their bag at that particular time. Mm. And they collaborated with a lot of different other people. They did things with a lot of different artists. They had, And they crossed over and did things with R&B artists. Yeah. They did track that for the record for With I Love You with Mary J. Blades mm. with Tech and Steel. This is gotcha. how we do. Man. This is how we do all day, every day. I just bumped it the other day just because. Like just because. That piano riff and like the way everything came together was just beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then they had a song they recorded with the Leah, but never got never got um got cleared. Good lord, you know. Yeah, at the boot camp. Click? Yeah, what? so it just speaks to a little bit of a different time, man. But this sort of just takes me back, and to me, I was reminded with the mindset of listening to rap back then, and listening to the many different types of rap, and understanding that this is just something else in the cupboard that you can grab to go get. We're going to get a little bit into highlights, lowlights, and then anything, of course, that you appreciate now more so than then if you're listening to it. So I actually start with you, Dave. You started. You mentioned a couple of them, so just wanted to get you to reiterate as far as like your highlights of the, the songs that you listened to that you that you liked. First four, uh, four first four mm-hmm. coming out the gate. Okay. Um, Tim's and Hood Check, Wreck Time, One Time, and Recognize. Yeah, I like Keep It Moving. I love Bucktown. The Session at the Dog Lee. Mm-hmm. Fire. Uh Home sweet home. Wipe your mouth was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> that was just, just that was just them being really ignorant as hell. Like ignorant as fuck on that track, man. Ignorant as yeah. hell. Yo, yeah. Wipe your mouth was pretty funny. And uh, PNC, you know, I oh, didn't really, I didn't, yeah, didn't see any lowlights on this album. Yeah, I mean, it was, it sounded the same production wise, but it just, it just flowed. Yeah, it just flowed. It did. Jay, your highlights. Just like they were saying, I mean, for me, I would say the first five because I really have to point out like Soundboy Burial. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just the way that and looking at it from like a producer's like standpoint, you know I mean, like just the way that track was conducted. I mean, it sounded so basic, but grimy, like mid-1995, like when that bond between like the New York and the Caribbean was at its peak, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, in matter of fact. Onyx. And, and people don't, and I don't think one thing I don't think people catch, even though you can clearly hear it, and it's like that that airy sound that's through the beat. Like for some reason, kind of like Sice is like you know what I'm saying. It's just like the underground that underground feel of it. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. got that underground tone to it. Like this is the type of stuff you ain't gonna hear on the radio. Oh, and, and matter of fact, um, I'm, I'm you got I'm, I'm assuming you guys have seen a video. Yeah, <clears throat> and that just added to it too. As far as like. You wanted to be there. I guess this was some park in Brooklyn or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. You just in the journey. You see Top Dog starting off with the stink around the boom, bye, bye, you know, bati, boy, head. No offense to anybody. That's part of the lyrics. Yeah, but, that's the lyrics, um, man. Yeah, that's it. No, I mean, because, I mean, you got to clear up with me just in case somebody's thinking I'm being ignorant, but that's that's the lyrics of the song. And then um, yeah. Session of the Dog Hill, of course. I just love that, especially when Steel just came in and, like, I kind of compare his verse, like, I mean, because his was the longest, clear, clearly. Mm. I almost kind of compared, like, you know, with, um, Jizz on Protect Your Neck. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like how Jizz came in just like killed it at the killed end. Killed it at the end. Or like Dre, um, Andre 3000 on uh, that uh, he did with Rock, uh, Raekwon and Big Boy. Uh, Skewing on the uh, barbecue. barbecue? No. Yeah. No. no. Not that one? Royal Flush. Royal Flush. Okay. Right. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. I put Steel's verse in that ca- same category as, as this. Um, so mm. yeah, like I mean, it was mine. And, and as far as like low lights, I really can't think of any. Yeah, I mean, because again, like this album, I mean, they put their foot into this album. I mean, they really delivered on this. So I really can't spot out any low lights. Yeah, nah, I hear you. It's um to me that Soundboy Burial will remind it does remind me of really quintessential Brooklyn, and what I'm just listening to that song and also the sample from that song coming from False Sound by Gregory Peck. 
the vocals, you know, that you hear in there, those lyrics that you hear from False Sound, from Gregory Peck. And um, it just sort of points to me, and we were talking about this as well, a lot of the things that Tech and Steel put in their music was, you heard a lot of Patois, a lot of Jamaican Patois. Mm-hmm. And to me, I had to go back and sort of, you know, research, because I didn't know, like, yo, was Tech, is Tech folks, were they from Jamaica? You know, was Steel's folks from Jamaica? Wouldn't you know, surprise me being from Brooklyn, because, you know, there's tons of Jamaicans and Caribbean folks from Brooklyn. And I could have sworn that at least Tech was like, his folks was from you know, from some Caribbean island, like from Jamaica right. or from Guyana or something like that, you know, but they wasn't. They Neither one of them are actually Jamaican. They just love Jamaican music. And I read a, uh, an interview with them, actually, the things that they did, they listened to a lot of old, their parents listened to a lot of old school reggae, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Dennis Brown, a lot of Marcia's Griffith, Marcia Griffith, you know, Stone Love and Burning Spear and a lot of old school, Bob Marley, of course, a lot of old school reggae. And, of course, being in Brooklyn, you can't help but be around a lot of Jamaicans and a lot of Caribbean folks. So they were influenced by that. And you see that all throughout this record. You see lots and lots of Jamaican Patois and a lot of it. So just the mixing of the cultures and being able to really, like, to identify with what Brooklyn was. You know what I'm saying? Being quintessential Brooklyn, it really, that that was it. And I got to say, I just hope, I'm just hoping, like, uh, maybe producers at Marvel or the producers that made Luke Cage hear everything that Brian just said um, to kind of make up for the fact that you had such terrible patois and Luke Cage. I don't know how you were in Brooklyn. You couldn't find any Jamaicans. Yeah. Also, I'm going to say to that one just off off the top, like something but like Bad Boys 2. I don't know how you were in Miami. You couldn't find Haitians. <laughs> <laughs> so like Blondie Drew. I just, I just, I just had, that was just on my heart to say that just now. So. <laughs> But, yeah, <laughs> like if you like if like if you're gonna be in Bad Boys too, like if you're gonna if you're gonna be in Miami and you're gonna look for an ethnic group that is African or of African descent in nature and Caribbean, the one group that you're gonna find there probably more prevalent than any is gonna be Haitians. Yes. I mean Jamaicans and Haitians, but definitely Haitians. They got a daggone little Haiti. Yes. in Miami. Yes. Yeah, where mm. I'm pretty sure they would be scared to go. I might, I probably could, I probably could have bumped in like maybe two or three of my cousins down there. With like, right, you know, like somebody like straight out of you know Haiti. Like, Haiti, but. exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, but that's that's the thing. You know, I, I liked about it. Um, you kind of get that feeling. Bucktown, of course, is one of my favorites. Recognize, keep it moving. The next shit, you know, section session of the Doggly. I mean, yeah, of course, the whole boot camp click being on there. You know, wipe your mouth was funny because they was ignorant as hell on that. <laughs> and then partners in crime, I thought was a really good way to close out the album um, with both tech and steel on there. So um, not a really a whole lot of low lights on this for me. Um, I did feel at some point in times that, you know, it kind of droned on a little bit. That's the one thing I have a, a, a complaint about some of the mid early to mid 90s music is that those tracks sometimes were long. man. I think, you know, having those two or three verse songs. And making sure to hit that sweet spot right in between three three minutes and fifteen seconds to mm-hmm. about just under four minutes yeah. is good. But I mean, the overall, the runtime was good. I mean, it was less than seventy minutes for you know an album that was pretty much about seventeen tracks and one instrumental that was there that was shining that was done by Evil D of the Beat Miners. I liked the fact that, like you said, Dave, it flowed to me. Mm-hmm. The album flowed. You heard a lot of some a lot of things sounded very similar. Some of the beats and. The topics were pretty much all the same type of topics. You weren't mm-hmm. getting, Agreed. there weren't any different like storytelling raps in here. There wasn't a whole lot of things about love or nothing. Yo, this is 100% Brooklyn, Great. you know, Saturday afternoon. Let's roll up some blunts, you know, head to the corner store, you know, talk to see about where this street life is type of talk. And that's, they stuck in their wheelhouse, what they were good at. And when you have a debut album or something like that, you tend to stick to exactly where it is that you, whatever it is you're good at. Yep. 
So we're going to go actually into notable quotables and see what you guys got. I actually start with you, Jay. If you're ready, we'll we'll see what you got as far as notable quotables for this one. Uh, just off the top, um, I gotta go back to one. I gotta go back to one time, like, with still matter of fact, when he was like, they say when they say two wrongs to make a right, but me and Ripper been more tight for a while, and everything is I. Right. I got one in store for hardcore fanatics banging from basement to attic to static. If you got your matic, mm-hmm. that's, that's just something I just kept kept on rewind like back in the mm-hmm. day, and even now. So. I don't think there was any more. I mean, you probably can jump to Dave. I could probably come back with another one. Yeah. It's just so much material. Indeed. Dave, what, what you got? Recognize. Okay. <clears throat> the deal's going down like this. Not affecting my mouth. Watch your lips and my boots do a French kiss. <laughs> Putting an end to those who tend to get me aggravated. I'm counting dues and adding up the years we waited. Be on the lookout for these mad blunts we smoke and keep your girl away from me because I won't hesitate to stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and just like mm-hmm. I said, recognize was just that track though. You Indeed. know what I'm saying? Like they just like just like you say, like just just that 100 percent Brooklyn grit. Indeed, you know. Oh, and I also got to give a shout out to um, Rockin's Monster, who's like one of my favorite MCs. Like and yeah. his verse, yeah, Session of the Dog Hill was like you know. It be helped to scale to be that big rock. I help you. I beat some ways to bomb dukes with the bell. Yeah. <laughs> like that monotone <laughs> voice, that humor. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Rock has one of the most. Recognizable and unique voices in hip hop. That that voice, that one voice, is just like is that deep monotone, one tone type voice, and he still, for my money, has the best yes, yes, y'all of anybody in hip hop, without a shadow of a doubt. I put I put his yes, yes, y'all up against anybody else's yes, yes, y'all in the history of hip hop. My quotable comes from next shit, and it comes from Steel second verse, and he says. Pressure be building in my mind sometimes in ways to have me counting away many rhymes, reasons why crime pays. I think about the hustling games and should I maintain a flip and de-shift to the fast lane. I got a mind, but it takes dough to make bread. We working with cement and try to make bricks. Time to make a call and get on the ball. Can't front G because we won't be able to be the ones to take a fall. Heads recognize me so they might supply me. But if they try me, then that wouldn't surprise me. But I and I keep eyes open for those who lie scoping me hoping we won't survive. Whatever. We can do this for the worse or the for the better. Me and my partner in crime is going through this together. So knowing we can't avoid all snakes. We gonna to do whatever we gonna do to set the shit straight. That's great. And the best thing about to me is that he says we got a mind, but it takes dough to make bread. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like you got the, the intellect and the knowledge. But if you ain't got the money to be able to make cake, you know, the day the dough to make make bread to make cake, ain't nothing else gonna happen. You know, and he talks about this big thing about keeping his eyes open for those who trying to scope them out. And anybody who's been involved in any type of game of hustling, especially in a place where you know everybody's on the hustle, people's always gonna try to scope you and somebody's gonna try to get the drop on you. And I just mm-hmm. that, that that just stuck with me right there in particular. So I had a lot of different other things that are kind of stuck with me, and there's a lot of quotables on here. A lot of good lines, some good lines by Buckshot, original gun clappers, rock, rock. It's it's great, man. I can't say enough about this album. So now we're at the end, fellas, and we'll go ahead to see. See if it stands the test of time, and I think we're pretty much unanimous on this one. So I'll just go ahead and start with Dave. Is it certified? Yep. It's certified. Don't no 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 skips. Jay? Certified, man. Like banging through and through. Yeah, same thing with me. It's certified classic. And to me, I kind of wish they would have kept the momentum. 
Because after that whole thing with the lawsuit, they had to change mm-hmm. the name. You got to yeah. rebrand and everything Cocoa like Brothers. that. Yeah. And you know what's funny? The album after this really actually wasn't even a bad album. Like the Coco Brothers' Rude Awakening, to me, wasn't really a bad album. I think the rebranding of things were kind of threw people mm-hmm. off. Because yeah. people knew you were Smith & Wesson. And they were still Tech and Steel, but then they was the Coco Brothers. Right. You know? And But I, but to listen to that album, man, I had that. 98. It was overshadowed in a long, great list of no- albums in 98. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I was bumping in 98. I remember but, that. But that, to me, that was actually a pretty good album. I thought it was kind of overshadowed a little bit, but this is definitely their standout album. When you go, and you especially when I pull up things in Apple Music, and I go and you pull up an artist, it'll tell you what their essential albums are. This is the essential album, and this is what people remember Tech and Steel by, because this mm-hmm. is their classic. This is their classic. Yeah. So there it is, The Shining by Smith and Wesson. Part of the Ducktown crew. Again, you guys make sure you go check it out. It has hit its 25th anniversary, released in January 10th in 1995. So please make sure you go check it out and check out what Tech and Steel had to offer. And of course, they're still out here doing their thing. That is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please show you make you check us out on our Podbean, vaultcmr.podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media. Follow us on IG at Vault CMR Podcast, on Facebook and YouTube at The Vault classic music reviews podcast and on twitter vault classic we are always on there i love to interact with fans and listeners and would love your feedback as well of course you know the hashtags are hashtag open the vault hashtag mbtc standing for nothing but the classics because we cover nothing but the classics as well that's what we do here on the vault and we want to make sure we bring it to you we appreciate all the support from you. And if you have a friend, you tell a friend and tell that friend also to tell a friend. You can also check our link tree out on all of our social medias. It'll take you to all of our streaming sources at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and also Stitcher. So many different ways that you can listen to it. We appreciate you take one to go listen to it. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.